Lovers, this episode is sponsored by Blue Chew. We all know that there is more to confidence in the bedroom or the kitchen or the sex club or a stairwell or the woods or wherever you are. There's so much more to sex wherever you do it than just jackhammering away. But if all you're missing in your relationship is some mutually beneficial stiffness, check out BlueChew.com. BlueChew is a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra, Cialis, and Levitra, but in chewable tablets and at a fraction of the cost. You can take them anytime, day or night, so you can plan ahead or be ready whenever an opportunity arises. The process is simple. Sign up at BlueChew.com, consult with one of their licensed medical providers, and once you are approved, you'll receive your prescription within days. The best part? It's all done online, so no visits to the doctor's office with the doctors that never got trained in sex ed and how to talk to people about it, plus no waiting in line at the pharmacy. Blue Chew's tablets are made in the USA and prepared and shipped direct to your door in a discreet pack. They say that there is nothing sexier than confidence, and Blue Chew can help give you confidence where it counts. Of course, I know you sweet listeners know that using confidence to connect, if you can be confident enough to be really vulnerable with someone, to communicate, to create a safe space that you occupy together, that is super hot. That's the foundation of a connection. And if you have a boner, that can definitely help you do certain things that you know that I love, just as long as you don't skip all the other stuff too. Blue Chew and I want you to have better sex. Discover your options at bluechew.com. And as they say, chew it and do it. And we've got a special deal for our listeners. Try Blue Chew free when you use our promo code LOVER. At checkout, you just pay $5 shipping. That is bluechew.com promo code LOVER to receive your first month free. Visit bluechew.com for more details and important safety information. And thank you to Blue Chew for sponsoring the podcast. Hello, lovely humans. I'm Wyoli, and you are listening to Sex Stories, a podcast where I'm allowed to ask people things like, what's it like to write a very tall person when you are a very not tall person? Practicing asking and answering these questions, I hope, will help us ask and answer these questions with our partners, and my big hope is that this will increase pleasure all around the world and therefore the quality of human life, thus, you know, elevating humanity. Our guest today is a 28-year-old straight white female from New Jersey who works as a machine operator, baker, and runs a group for both women and men to share about their sexual trauma. She's into choking, facials, getting spit on, slapping, exhibitionism, and handcuffs. Welcome, Lauren. Hi. I'm so excited to be on. I'm so excited to have you here. Can you please tell our listeners today... If you were to rate yourself on a sexual shame-o-meter with 10 being super shamey, like you can't even talk about sex, and one being like you're wild and free and whatever, 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 where do you fall today? Probably like a three. Okay. And can you just give our listeners a little overview of your current sex life? Well, right now, my sex life is pretty non-existent. It's just me, and I'm just learning more about my body, and it's great. Fuck yeah. Okay, so now take us back to your early years. When do you first remember hearing about sex? And do you remember what that felt like or how you conceived of it? Ooh, okay. It was the first time I heard about sex was probably, probably from watching MTV, honestly. <laughs> honestly. Do you remember how old you were? Ish? Uh, like three or four. Okay. I just, I just remember all of my siblings are older than me. Mm -hmm. So I, MTV would always be on and we would always watch music videos and everything in the nineties was just becoming so like sexualized. 
And I remember seeing like more people exposing themselves and having more cleavage and little clothes. And that was, I think, like around the first time. Mm -hmm. And do you remember if you had any value judgments around it? Like, was it good? Was it bad? Was it exciting? My family hated it. Oh. Like my parents and everybody else. Yeah. They, it, it, it was all very weird to them. And I grew up in a household that wasn't very sexually open. Like it was very like hush hush. No, mm. no, don't, don't talk about that. They were okay with us watching it, I guess, as long as we didn't portray ourselves that way. And I was a little kid, but. Interesting. <laughs> so did that hush hush extend to the relationships you had with your siblings or did you guys talk about anything ever? Like, did you get wisdom from the older siblings? no but we weren't that closed off like about our sex lives my my oldest my sister who's the oldest is a little bit more like quiet mm. but my older brother he was the one who was always bringing girls home and like they put on movies and like make out on the couch and stuff in front of everybody oh. and it was it was a little weird so it <laughs> but, was like um, allowed to happen we just didn't really like discuss it yeah, because I, I think it was because he was a boy, oh. to be honest. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like, my sister, and, and he was way less shameful. Mm -hmm. So, like, he was open about it, and my dad never had, like, talks with him. Like, he shouldn't be doing that in front of the kids. But my sister was always, like, I guess behind doors. She never okay. let anybody know what was going on. Okay. And did your parents ever give you a sex talk? No. Nope. <laughs> Did you ever hear about consent as a young person? Uh, in sex ed. Okay. Uh, they, they did go over consent in high school. Okay. Not, not in like the junior high portion, but in high school, they went on to talk about why consent is important. That's great. Our sex ed program was actually pretty good. Oh. In the fifth grade, I remember... There was one day where they divided the boys and girls and they had like, they would just talk about puberty and what's going on with your bodies. Mm -hmm. And in middle school, we had for one, one year, we had watched the miracle of life and we talked about pregnancy and how babies are developed. And we talked a little bit about STDs and a little bit more into puberty, like the girls got the boy side and the boys got the girl side. Mm -hmm. And then in high school, we had another year of sex ed where it was more about sex and condoms and more and more into STDs and what you should and shouldn't do and teenage pregnancy. And mm. it was pretty good. Okay. Very informative. Cool. And what about in your own being? When did you start to become curious about sex and touching yourself or having the feelings? And did you talk about it with friends and all of that? Ooh, okay. So going back to like MTV or whatever, yeah. like I, I was little, like three years old. I remember having an idea of what was going on, but not fully. And I would just think like, you have a boy and you have a girl. And I just thought you laid on each other. Yeah. <laughs> so that's what I would make my Barbies do. Yeah. And <laughs> okay. So I, I, wait, I just want to say, cause I, 
I knew that sex was you put a penis in a vagina around the time I was four because my mom was a nursing instructor and she specialized in labor and delivery. So I knew some biological stuff, but I sort of didn't really believe it. I was like, that can't fit. That doesn't make any sense. <laughs> but but for that reason, my Barbies would scissor like and because they were plastic. And so that's how I thought sex happened for a while. And so my earliest fantasies were of like, and I didn't know that there was like, feel it like physical feeling attached or or movement i thought they just like went in and like stayed and so i my early fantasies were me and a partner but we were both just like reading while we were having sex like just scissoring. that's so, amazing yeah. okay so your barbies were just laying on top of each other that's so cute okay yeah and and i would like leave them like that my mm -hmm. I, I knew it had to be hush hush and i would like do it behind my grandparents couch <laughs> and i would leave my barbies like that and they would find them and be like, Lauren, what the fuck? Like, <laughs> <laughs> but then even as I got older, I got my period very young, like nine years old. Oh, wow. And before that, you remember like when public bathrooms would have um, the tampon dispensers <laughs> and stuff. Okay. So there was one pub that we, my mom always took us to and they had one of those dispensers in the bathroom and I would always ask her about it. Like, what's in that? Like, what are those? And she wouldn't talk to me about it. Like oh, she, wow. it, it freaked her out. And <laughs> so that just led me to be like, Oh, well, all I need is a dime. And one day I brought a dime into the bathroom and I, <laughs> I got a pad and I had no idea what it was. And I'm, I'm like taking it apart and I'm like, Oh, well it's sticky. So it must be a sticker. So I stuck, a, like, I, I got a couple of pads, so I stuck them like on my, on my body and I walked out of the bathroom, just covered in, <laughs> just covered in pads. And then shortly after that, I got my period and I had no idea what was going on, Whoa. but I heard from my grandma, like a couple months before that my cousin, who's my age, had gotten her period. And she's, I remember her being like, oh, you're probably next. And I had no idea what that meant. So yeah. this happened to me in school. I was in the fourth grade. And um, I remember crampy and just like, oh, like, shitty. And I went to the bathroom and I'd gotten my period. And I just kind of put it together myself like, oh, this must be what the, like, my period is. And those pads are probably to like not make my underwear get dirty. Yeah. So even from that time, my parents wouldn't talk about sex with me. It was just kind of like, figure out on your own. Wow. Wait, and, so what did your fourth grade self do? Like, did you get a pad or did you go to a school nurse? I think I would have been too embarrassed to go to a grown-up when I was in fourth grade. I stuffed underwear. I Not underwear. I stuffed toilet paper in my underwear. And I waited until I got home because it was like seventh period anyway. Mm, okay. So I told my grandma. And she's like, yeah, you got your period. And then... She, she got me a pad and then she, she explained pads to me, never tampons. Tampons were very taboo. I started using tampons on my own when I was maybe 10. And I remember telling my older sister and she was even like, you shouldn't be stuffing anything up there. Oh, really? Yeah. She got her period later. Like she was 14 and I don't even think she used tampons then. So for her, like, I get it. Yeah. I think. <laughs> so was your family religious or what was the taboo? Where did it come from? Do you know? No. Okay. So um, my parents got divorced when I was pretty young. 
I never really spent much time with my mom. Hmm. So my dad remarried. He's not very, he's not religious at all, but his wife, who he remarried, she grew up very Catholic and she was, she's great. But like with sex and stuff, it was like, it's very taboo. Like you shouldn't be doing this. I remember somebody got me a book. It, it wasn't a sex book. It was just like, they saw some guy with a mohawk on the cover and they're like, oh, Lord might like this. <laughs> and I was like 12 years old. And I remember I had the book at my grandma's house and she was flipping through it and she just happened to come across the part where it got a little sexual like oh he put his hand on my thigh and she took the book from me she's like you can't read this much and she she goes you're too young for it you don't need to know about this and i remember being like well you're not my mom and that's not up to you so i'm gonna take this book and like i still didn't even understand what was going on i didn't know penis went into a vagina (laughs) (laughs) but yeah the internet helped a great deal like porn and yeah porn (laughs) so tell me about that was that when you yeah when did you start touching yourself how did you start exploring what was it like okay so I started touching myself hmm, maybe about 10 okay and I don't really remember the circumstances. I think I just remember feeling, being like, oh, what's that feeling? And just kind of going with it. I remember looking up like, what's a boner? Because I would hear boner on like Degrassi. (laughs) And I'm like, I don't know what that means. So I would look that up and then it would take me to like porn sites. And I just feel like, oh, well, what's this? And just kind of like go from there and learn myself. Do you remember any of the feelings that went along with it? I remember feeling really good. It took me a while to orgasm because I didn't understand that that was the end goal. And then I think one day I was, I just kept going and I'm like, oh, this is great. (laughs) And I orgasmed. And on that note, can you tell us how you currently touch yourself or has it changed over the years? Like what specifically do you, yeah, tell us. It has changed so much. Okay. So like as a kid, it's like just hands, like outside stuff, never inside. Outside, um, like flat hand, like fingers diddling. Like what was the, tell us the yeah, details. Fingering like side to side, like on my clit or whatever okay. until I would come. Then when I turned 18, I got my first debit card. So I ordered a vibrator yes. and I had a vibrator for a long, a long time. And once I stopped using the vibrator, I just kind of got more in touch like with my hands and stuff and like figuring out more. It's been, it's it's been like almost two years since I've had sex. So now it's just been like exploring more. And cause I noticed that like when I am having sex, I get very in my head Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. I, I can't come at all. I'm like that. I'm hyper anxious. I can get flipped into hyper anxious mode and then it's not happening. I can feel that. Yeah. Um, I bought Come As You Are, and that's been a great help yeah. to me. Oh. Yeah, I'm still reading, but that helped a lot. It's so good. But now I'm just kind of learning more about my body. Like before, I thought, oh, I don't have sensitive nipples. But now I'm like, I was creating a mental block for mm. myself. And 
not focusing like the attention on that spot. Now I'm learning how to like focus my attention on different areas of my body mm. and just breathe and relax. Right now, my favorite way to masturbate, oh my God, <laughs> is I build myself up and like just on the outside, like fingers and like I do this thing where, okay, so like my finger is my clit. And I take these two fingers and I just kind of like rub it. Wait, show me a different angle, rotate it, and then I'll mirror you. So, so like back foot uh-huh. and like just take two fingers uh-huh. and I just kind of like rub the outside. Oh, wow. Kind of, okay. Yeah. And like little, like just little like. Directly pinky. on your clit? Yeah. And it's like the and two then, fingers of your same hand or do you do two fingers like this? Like same it's like, hand. It's your, okay. So it's your pointer finger and your middle finger kind of like going around around and up and down yeah Ooh, okay and, and then like i i work that up and then i i take my other hand and i start going inside <gasps> while i'm doing that uh-huh, uh-huh i've learned how to use both hands it's been amazing ah, yay. and i come that way and it's it's such like a great build-up and i love it that's awesome which hand is which like is your dominant hand doing your clit or it's dominant hand yeah. inside yeah dominant hand for clit me too i'm always the same way yeah my left hand because i'm right-handed so my left hand has to go inside cool Ugh. and do you are you into any butt play at this point in your sexual journey i used to be okay i was into butt play and then um i was raped two years ago and like that played a lot of into why I'm kind of not so into it. it. Like I'm open maybe one day, but it's it's gonna take some time. Yeah. On that note, do you wanna tell our listeners what you have done to process that trauma or take care of yourself after it? Of course. So a couple weeks before it happened I had joined a gym and I was using every excuse to not go. Hmm. And the day after it happened, I remember, like, I woke up from his house. I Ubered to work. He lived in Harlem, and I'm in New Jersey. So I had to take an Uber straight to work. I was, I smelled like puke. I looked awful. I threw up all day at work. And I'm like, I'm going to go home. I am going to take a nap. And I'm going to go right to the gym because that is all I can do for myself right now. Yeah. And I remember I did exactly that. I went to the gym and I remember how freeing and amazing that felt for me. Mm. And I'm like, I have to stick with this. This is, this is going to be important for me. So I, I just continued with going to the gym and it made me feel great about myself. And it was a great way to just get my anger out. And I remember, um, I, I confided in a couple people, but it really didn't help much for me. And the gym was like my main priority. Mm-hmm. Once COVID started and the gyms closed down, I started going on walks and the walks weren't really helping as much. Yeah. So I got really into meditation. I meditate every day, like as much as I need it. The other day I meditated for four times. And That's awesome. it's just such a calm, freeing, it, it's amazing. Everybody should do it. I agree. But meditation, self-care, I did a lot of shadow work. And I, at some point during, during quarantine, I just, I was just having a really bad day. And 
I'm like, you know what? I'm going to come out with my story today. I, I just felt like a pulling, like something inside me was like, you need to do this. And I, in, in an Instagram story, like I wrote out everything yeah. and it felt, it was scary to be that vulnerable, mm-hmm. but it also just felt so good. Mm-hmm. And shortly after that, so many people started messaging me with their own stories. And I'm like, all right. So there are other people who I know who are going through this. Some people who I didn't know at all, who were just kind of Instagram friends who I followed throughout the years, who reached out to me with their stories. And I'm like, okay, well, here are people who don't even know me. They just follow me online and they're confiding to me with their stories. So then I'm like, you know what? this is really fucked up that it happens to this many people. And I don't follow that many people and many people don't follow me. So it's like within a very small group. And that's when I had the idea to create a group for people who have like gone through sexual trauma and where you can just have a safe space and have people to confide in and who can understand you because they've been through it. And you can just have a shoulder to cry on and give each other advice about maybe how to overcome like your trauma and getting into new relationships or even just loving yourself. Because once you've been violated that way, it's so hard to love yourself. Can you say a little more about that? About why it feels hard? Yeah, it's it's really difficult. I just felt so violated Mm -hmm. and just dirty. And yeah, it was hard. But it was, it made me put in the work to do self care, which is something I always put on the back burner. I've never been good at self care. But now it's become like such a big part of my life. And I'm preaching meditation and yoga and just having a shoulder to cry on now. And I want people to understand like, hey, look, I've been through this and I'm okay. And I wasn't okay, but it took some time and it took some work, but it's worth it because you you could overcome anything, you know? I love hearing the details of how you have taken care of not just your physical body, but your emotional body. And that, I think for me, was one of the biggest pieces that shifted me, that helped me begin to shift into a place where I could start to receive and give the type of sex that I wanted to be having with partners. I just want to clarify a couple of things since we're talking about going to the gym and physical activity If I'm hearing you correctly, it sounded like you were the physical exertion was what you were after, like the the kind of emotional space that that creates in your physical being. Or was it about like looking a certain way or reaching a certain fitness goal? For me, it was kind of cool. Okay, I joined the gym a couple weeks before, like I said, because I just wanted to take care of myself. Mm -hmm. But it's hard, like when. It's funny when they say, like, January 1st, everybody's going to join the gym and have their New Year's resolutions. And, and then after a couple of weeks, they'll be gone. Like, they'll give up. And I gave up, like, 
a couple days after joining <laughs> and it was a resolution. I, I was a bit heavier when I was a kid mm-hmm. and, um, I was really insecure about my body and I just never felt good. And I started losing weight after high school mm-hmm. and that made me feel good about myself. Like I would, I would do at home workout programs, like with my best friend and my sister, but that eventually stopped and I would try to like do my own thing, but it was always hard for me and I'd always just fall off track. But this really just fueled me because I was pissed off that anybody could do that to me. And I'm like, no, I'm not going to give up now. So it was definitely like just an exertion and having goals. Yeah. But yeah. And then for our listeners who may not be familiar with shadow work, can you just give a quick overview of kind of your interaction with it? Okay. So for me, it was just going into every relationship and trauma in my life and just dissecting everything and meditating on everything and just learning how to forgive and yeah, just learning how to take all of that shitty energy and work through it and understand it and then put it behind you. So you can just focus on, focus on your current life, you know? Fuck yeah. And now to return to your earlier self, when did you start exploring with partners? Ooh, okay. So I, I remember being like curious about boys and going back to preschool. Like I had one boy who I'd always hold hands with and we would play house and he was always my husband when we played house. (laughs) And like when we were done playing house, there was like a McDonald's place that we had at our daycare and we would hide behind the McDonald's place that and just hold hands and like kiss each other on the cheek and giggle. And then we got in trouble for it and we couldn't do it ever again. Like they were the the teachers were on us. Like, wow. And that's all, that's all that ever happened. Like we only held hands and kissed each other on the cheek, but it, it was very obvious that we were not supposed to be doing that. And in elementary school, I remember having my first boyfriend, like in the sixth grade, and he was just learning about his body and stuff too. So I remember like when we would hang out or whatever, he just pulled me on his lap and just be like, oh, I have a boner right now. And I, I, I still had no idea what that meant. So I just feel like, oh, like, <laughs> weird. <laughs> um, in high school, I, I didn't like the idea of having a boyfriend. Mm-hmm. I was just like, I'm a very, very introverted. Mm-hmm. And I love just time to myself and it, it, it's so important to me and I'm like I have my best friend I have so many siblings I never have time alone I'm at yeah. school so I just like the idea of having somebody to hook up with <laughs> so in <laughs> in high school I would just hook up with older guys and there was one in particular who like taught me everything I know. Do you feel comfortable saying how much older? Okay, I was 16, 17. 
he was like eight years older than me. Okay. Okay. <laughs> it, was, it was fucked up on his part to go along with it, but I was okay with it. So it was illegal. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Lovers, this episode is sponsored by Blue Chew. We all know that the foundation to an awesome sex life is excellent mental and physical health. But if proper rest, exercise, and a healthy lifestyle aren't leading to the blood flow you'd like when and where you'd like it, check out BlueChew.com. BlueChew is a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra, Cialis, and Levitra, but in chewable tablets at a fraction of the cost. You can take them anytime, day or night, so you can plan ahead or be ready whenever the opportunity arises. And the process is simple. Sign up at BlueChew.com consult with one of their licensed medical providers, and once you are approved, you'll receive your prescription within days. The best part, it's all done online, so no visits to the doctor's office, no dealing with awkward physicians who aren't trained to talk about sex lives, plus no waiting in line at the pharmacy. Blue Chew's tablets are made in the USA and prepared and shipped direct to your door in a discreet pack. They always say first impressions are important, but what about lasting impressions? Lovers, I do believe that we can always make loving, lasting impressions by connecting and being present and chasing our pleasure and our partner's pleasure. And if your priority is making a deep, deep impression between two beautiful, enthusiastic thighs or cheeks in the name of partnered pleasure, I get it. I've worn a strap on now. I, too, love having a hard cock. Blue Chew and I want you to have better sex. Discover your options at BlueChew.com. Chew it and do it. And we've got a special deal for our listeners. Try Blue Chew free when you use our promo code LOVER at checkout. You just pay $5 for shipping. That is BlueChew.com promo code LOVER to receive your first month free. Visit BlueChew.com for more details and important safety information. And thank you to Blue Chew for sponsoring the podcast. But I'm like... That, that's another thing too. Like I've always been into older guys. Mm -hmm, like mm -hmm. all of my siblings are so much older than me. And I grew up basically on their level. Like yeah. every, like what, what they were watching and what they were listening to and talking about and their friends, I was there. Yeah. So I had a lot to relate to with them because I knew what they were doing. And it's always been hard for me to connect with people my own age because it's, I, I, I don't really have an, an explanation for that. Yeah, it's, just is. Yeah. But um, so there was this one older guy who I was hooking up with and that we stopped hooking up when I was like 19. It was on and off until I was 19. But I remember him showing me how to like properly give a blowjob and like Give us specifics. What do you remember about it? And like, what was your feeling yeah. at the time? And how did you talk about like what you wanted to do? It sounds like it was very consent based. It was okay. very, it's yeah. very consensual. I remember being like so eager to just do everything. And uh -huh. he'd be like, you're going too fast. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it's uh -huh. not okay. <laughs> and he would, he would show me like the blowjob, like, okay, what if you just like touch my balls and just like slowly stroked for a while instead of just like <laughs> <laughs> like it's a shake weight <laughs> but it, it was all very exciting to me because I was like here's this person to just kind of show me and there's no strings attached and yeah. I don't have to worry about bringing him home to mom and dad and yeah. it's very relaxed That's great oh my god wait how did you meet him okay so I used to go to a lot of shows and stuff when okay. when I was a kid and I met him through my group of friends because they were all older than me too. They were around his age. Mm -hmm. So um, I met him around them and then we became friends on Facebook where we just kind of talked a little bit how we're in, into each other. And then one night 
he texted me to make out. And I remember like, yeah, so he picked me up. I snuck out of my house. And (gasps) (laughs) did you ever get caught? No. Amazing. (laughs) And it's something like if I told my parents, they would never believe me. Like, (laughs) they, they would never think that I would sneak out. I'm such like, yeah, I'm such a goody two shoes, uh, yeah. mm-hmm. especially when I was a kid. Like, just oh, I, I'd rather stay home instead of go out drinking, or like I was just so boring <laughs> that like it it would have never been expected. Yeah. So, so he just kind of showed me the ropes. We never had sex until I was nineteen. Okay. He was the one who kind of got me into like playing around outside and laughing and getting spit on and like all that good stuff. How did he introduce that stuff to you? And also where outside? Park. Okay. Uh, park. I, I missed the parks thing, I guess, because I grew up on an orange farm. So we would just go into the orange trees because it was right there. But like, where in the park? What kind of park? Like what are parks? You know, what a park is different depending on where you live in the yeah. country or world. Uh playgrounds were a lot of fun because they have like all the different things you could sit on and um I'm really short I'm like four nine. Oh wow so, oh, little. okay <laughs> so um like having all these things to like stand on and like kneel on to make it like easier for us it's a playground yeah. you know yeah <laughs> yeah we would fool around on playgrounds and like when we would introduce like getting slapped or like sit on there would be a, a conversation beforehand like mm-hmm. oh what if I hit you and he's like not too hard but like I'm into it I just want to see if you'd be into it so I was open like mm-hmm. brand new experiences so he'd slap me and like go a little harder and yeah everything was very talked about like mm-hmm. choking was talked about I kind of just set up like I I remember like I took his hand and like held it to my throat and like, like squeeze like enough to show him like, this is how I'd like to be squeezed, like no harder than this, Yeah, you know? Yeah. So yeah, he just kind of showed me a lot about myself. Is that when you learned about facials? Oh my God. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> he, and we were, we were always like trading porn and stuff. Oh, so, oh that's cute. Say more, say more. Yeah. So if there was something that he saw that he liked or that I saw that I was interested in trying, like I'd send him a video or I remember when Tumblr was big for porn, they had like the gifts and we would send each other the gifts like, oh, don't you think that's hot? Or like, so Tumblr was what got me into facials, Mm. like seeing that on Tumblr and being like, let's do this. And he was huge into it so it was no problem for him (laughs) it's just they made me feel like so good about myself just like playing with it after you know yeah can you speak a little bit about what your sexual body loves beyond facials choking slapping like just tell us some of your other favorite things okay right now I'm learning like it takes me a while to like warm up so right now I'm learning that just like caressing like I really like it like when my legs especially my lower back like that's a big part for me so just being like caressed there and like maybe pull my hair while you're doing that Mm -hmm. and like like a firm grip or like a hand on my throat not even choking just Just like 
just holding That's it. So hot. I'm I'm learning that I'm very into just like taking my time into like that that build up and yeah. just a huge make out slut. Sometimes <laughs> I'd rather just make out than have sex. Like I'm so into it. Mm. <laughs> what, what have you ever okay, so yeah, also yeah, you went a while with him exploring and not having penetrative sex, it sounds like. So mm-hmm. I imagine there was lots of making out. Can you details like are you open mouth tongue in like just tell us all the iterations if you will okay um i i am like open mouth like tongue in like flicking my tongue a lot like dragging it across the roof of their mouth Mm. then like kind of like i'm sucking their tongue like giving them a tongue blow job you know (laughs) (laughs) so um biting do you stick to mouths do you does does making out oh. include this like head neck? No, no. Okay, no, I, I I do like biting necks a lot. Like okay. that's how that's usually how I initiate. <laughs> like I just go for the neck, and um, great, <laughs> like a vampire. <laughs> but um, and I've never had a complaint. Every guy is just like, oh, okay. Like, it's a clear this signal. Is what we're doing? Yeah, I love like biting like the neck a little bit, not too hard, and like biting their lips. Yeah. So if you take a little while to get warmed up, what exactly needs warming up? Like for me, if I am not warmed up and someone like tries to touch my clit right away, it's going to hurt more than feel good. What is your body's experience of not feeling warmed up enough? Okay. So for me, it, it just takes me a while to get wet. Like my, my clit is very sensitive, but not, it doesn't hurt. Mm-hmm. It's just like any touch of, you will usually feel good to me. Oh, is so it easy for you to come then? No, because you have to get warmed up. It just feels yeah. good. Okay, okay. It's, yeah, it just feels good. But it, it's once I breathe and take myself out of my head and just kind of focus, yeah. then I could come like pretty easily. But yeah. it, it just takes me a while to get wet. Like we would probably help, but I would rather just work on that, the foreplay and the buildup. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm because it's so much fun. Yeah. Is that also true when you are touching yourself? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Um, like I, now it's like a ritual. I have to get myself in the mood. Like I like to meditate before I do it and light some candles and Fuck some yes. incense. Yeah. Ooh, what's your favorite incense? Well, right now I'm just really into uh, Palo Santo. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's so Yeah. Mm. So that, that's perfect for me right now. I like to be more loving with myself now yeah. and just take that time and appreciate myself. <laughs> oh, yes. Okay. So is there anything else we need to hear about how your body likes to be touched by partners? No. Okay. I don't, I don't think so. So how do you like to touch your partners beyond neck biting? For example, what are your blowjob tips, tricks, secrets? Okay. So <laughs> I... I like to start, like, hold the shaft and, like, hold the balls and, like, hold the shaft up and, like, start yeah. at the balls and kind of, like, lick up the shaft and, like, twirl around the head a little bit and then, like, a little suck and then, like, go back to the balls and just really work up and fill that with them. Yeah. Lots of spit. Very sloppy. Mm-hmm. When you, uh, like, the... The rotating like hand motion, like twist. up and down, the little twist. Yeah, that's that's usually my routine. Beautiful. 
And do you use toys in sexual sessions? It sounds like you're using more hands and you're reconnecting with your own body, but did you ever use toys with partners? Okay, so I had said I got in my first toy when I was 18. Mm -hmm. The guy who really opened the sex world up Mm -hmm. to me, Mm -hmm. he was really into the toy, but we never actually used it together. Oh, really? But, like, yeah, but... Since I was of age then, I would, like, take pictures and videos and, like, send them to him. He would tell me what he would want to see, and I'd, I'd just do it. I was all into it. Like what? Um, Can you give an example? He loved, like, watch it, like, having, like, blowjob videos, like, on the toy and just me fucking myself with the toy. Yeah. But we always had plans to use it, but that never happened. Yeah. Um, yeah. How did that make you feel? Because I get really sad when I'm like, I thought we were going to do this thing. Now I think you're a liar. But I know I'm noticing a lot of other partners are like, no, we're just talking about like maybe if it works out. And I'm sort of like, I don't know what to believe. Yeah. Okay. So uh, during that time, we weren't really seeing each other as much got it. because he moved. So then it just became a distance thing. So we never really got to hang out as mm. much as we wanted to. Okay. So that's kind of why it was never used. So I loved that sex toy. It was Trojan came out with sex toys and it was like the, the twister or vibrator. It was this big purple thing that mm. just kind of looked like a banana and it was really thick. Okay. And I remember it had three different speeds and um, it twisted like so you can hit all different angles. And it oh. was amazing. Fast forward like a, a couple of years later, I get married at 21. Oh, you got married? What was that? I like? got married <laughs> yeah not to him yeah. unfortunately <laughs> but um i during the time that i was married i was just so disconnected from my body mm-hmm. and the sex was just we were not on the same page at all like he he was so vanilla and just so into him like he i only came five times with him and um, we married? were we were together for five years. <laughs> yeah. Did he, he never, know? Like, Did he ask? Did he try? No, he never asked. He never cared. Like after sex, like I would just lay there and like get myself off. And he would just kind of like put his hands on my boob and go to sleep. Like he didn't give a Oh, so fuck. you're like literally right next to him. Not like he's in the mm-hmm. bathroom and you're doing it in secret. You're like, I guess I'll get myself off now. Whoa. Yeah. Yeah. He didn't fucking, he didn't care. Wow. <sighs> It was very one-sided. And I remember I was so stressed out during that time period. And for whatever reason, like, I just felt guilty if I used a sex toy. Hmm. So I threw my toy out and I've never gotten a toy like since. I've never had one since. Now I've kind of been contemplating maybe bringing that back, but I'm having so much fun just with just my hands and with my mind that I just want to explore with this before I get a sex toy again. Yeah, I feel like I, for myself, I'm like, I'll know when the right time is for the next exploration. Like I, I've started to sort of understand my own sexuality really as a lifelong journey, especially our guest last week, Rose. She just, she's 58 and I just like listening to her, I was like, oh yeah, I don't need to be in a rush all the time. Lovers, we are going to take a quick pause for a word from our sponsor and they have given me notes to do a sultry female voice, so I'm very excited and I'm going to do my best. Did you know the Flora app is a safe place to open up, embrace your desires, and find like-minded people? 
This is the story of one couple who found the threesome of their dreams, discovered a new level of shared passion, and stepped into a whole other realm of possibilities, all thanks to Flora. As life's routine settled in, Robert and Lucy found themselves yearning to explore uncharted territories. So they downloaded Fleur and embarked upon a thrilling journey of sensual experimentation, learning more about each other's desires in the process. Open-minded and adventurous, Robert and Lucy dreamt of adding a new dimension to their intimacy, sharing the touch of another woman, being witnessed and connecting in a way that transcends the ordinary. In Fleur's diverse and accepting community, Lucy connected with Emily, a babe craving the same experiences. So they invited Robert to the conversation. The chemistry built and anticipation heightened as they exchanged messages until finally their agreed-upon date night arrived. A gorgeous hotel was the setting for their evening of pleasure, passion, and connection. A shared exploration that fulfilled each party's desires. Fleur app celebrates the beauty of open-minded connections. It's a platform where fantasies come to life and desires are embraced without judgment. For couples seeking adventure with others or individuals keen on exploring, Fleur invites us all to a world where every desire is a possibility waiting to unfold. Download Fleur now, express your desires freely, and find like-minded people today. I'd like to know where those guilty toy feelings came from. I have no answer for that. Okay. I just, I, I, I think it was just like, well, I could be initiating with him, but there's this toy and I just kind of feel bad about that, even though it was very one-sided. Yeah. I, yeah. Ugh. Yeah. <laughs> so did you, so it sounds like perhaps you didn't really talk about your sex life together. Is that accurate? Oh, Never, no. Not at all. I, okay. We would try a little bit. Like I'd be like, Oh, can you just choke me a little bit? And I'd show him and I, he was just not comfortable with it at all even with me showing him like I don't even really like to be choked that hard yeah. but it he just wasn't into it slapping I, I asked him to like slap me around sometimes he no <sighs> um there was one time that he tried and it was like the worst I don't even know what the fuck he was doing like it was just like this very like like, like on my face baby. like on my eye oh no he's like Find me and like doing it to my eye and I'm like please stop don't do that again like <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you're trying but that's not how and he's like well I won't do it any other way and that was that oh wow okay yeah so he didn't like, want to physically abuse you in ways you were requesting but he also didn't want to physically pleasure you specifically how did you mm -hmm. come those five times was it an accident or like what what happened I think I was just really fucked up. Yeah. Like, like, like yeah. I, yeah, I was either really drunk or really stoned. Yeah. And in my head or like just feeling kind of just taking myself, okay, well, he's, I'm going to pretend like he's not on top of me. Yeah. And that's how I would come. Wow. What came next? How long did this marriage last? Um. Okay. So I got married at 21. I was out. I'll put you there. I was out by 24. Yeah, I, it wasn't a very healthy marriage at all. He was a narcissist mm. and very emotionally abusive, not physically at yeah. all, but very emotionally. It's just as bad. And yeah. Well, I don't know if it's just as bad. It's also bad, bad in different ways. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it definitely took a lot of healing 
like getting away from that. And it took, it took me a lot to just kind of realize this, this isn't good for you. You need, you need to leave and just step away from that situation. Yeah. You know, like the period trackers, mm-hmm. like, um, so I have a period tracking app and I always mark how many times like we fucked or whatever. And just out of curiosity, like I went back and I counted how many times we had sex within that, like three years, four years of marriage, whatever it was. And we had only fucked, like, I think it was like 30 times. Whoa. Yeah. How? Mm. Wow. That's really not often. So when you did fuck, how would that get initiated? Was it just like whenever he felt like it and he would touch you or, or was it, what was it like? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, it was, it was, it was all on him. If I tried to initiate, he would just kind of shut me down and now I'm not in the mood. But if I were to shut him down, it was, he'd be pissed at me for days. Well, okay. So coming out of that, what was 24 year old sexual you like? Uh, 24 year old sexual Lauren sounds Tinder. <laughs> Uh-huh. And uh, I I got on Tinder. Yeah, I just started dating. And I the first guy I had over, I didn't I didn't do anything with. He was I couldn't stand him. I wanted oh. him out of my apartment. He he was a lingerer. Uh. He lingered <laughs> until like four a.m. just talking. He wouldn't stop. And I'm like it's. 4am guy can you can you get out like please yeah (laughs) and and then he texted me like a day later and he's like I just I just wanna um and he would text me about the dumbest fucking shit like oh I'm (laughs) eating this cookie today this is delicious and then I'd be like oh cool and then he texted me and he's like yeah so are we gonna fuck or what and I never let on that that was gonna happen yeah at all like never gave him those vibes but so I'm just to be clear him staying over till 4 a.m you guys that wasn't like post fucking that was just like he was lingering and you weren't into him yeah oh he no didn't even kiss. I didn't even give him a kiss on the cheek like did it make oh, out wow Nothing. so that's yeah, a like, huge level of expectation for a person who hasn't even attempted to make an actual connection is that what I'm hearing yeah yeah so but I'm kind of glad that he did do that Mm -hmm. because it was no and then we moved on you know so then um my second tinder date that went really well we we oh my god (laughs) he was great why how he was just he was so much fun and it was exactly what I needed like for my first experience to be after that shitty marriage yeah he was he was very fun to talk to. Like, I loved his personality. He, like, liked to pick me up and, like, throw me around. And he was very tall. He was, like, 6'4". And, like I said, I'm 4'9". Oh, nine, my so it was, gosh. Like, so it's so easy fun. for him to just pick me up and just fuck me, like, standing up. How did against, that make you like, feel? No yeah. Oh, my God. So great. It was so empowering. It was such a good feeling. One thing with my ex was he did have a very large dick. Uh-huh. And um, riding him was very uncomfortable for me. It was okay. I was just gonna ask that. Yeah, it was very painful. But with this guy, like he he had a nice nice dick, but it wasn't as big, and it did not hurt me. Oh. So 
it was great because like I climbed right on and he's like, yeah, you're going to do this. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'm going to ride you. And he let me. And it was just so empowering. Yeah. So this is the first person you fucked after your marriage. Yeah. Emotionally, like, did you discuss things ahead of time or what did you need? Like, it sounds like you had a lot of fun. What laid the groundwork in your connection for that? Was there discussion? Was it a feeling? Can you talk a little about that? It was definitely a feeling. There was no discussion ever. Like, it, it was a very basic date. Like, we went to dinner and just kind of talked about, like, work and family and all that stuff. We had a lot in common. And then he dropped me off. And, like, we hung out in the parking lot and listened to music. And he was telling me stories about, like, his songs. Because he was in a band. Or, mm-hmm. And he told me, like, stories about songs he wrote. And, and then he there was one song that he had written for his grandma. And she passed away. Mm-hmm. And he was very vulnerable with me and he cried in front of me. Hmm. So I'm like, he feels very comfortable with me. Yeah. So when he, when he dropped me off, I'm like, no, I'm just, he's not going in for the kiss. So I am. So I initiated that. And then that, it just kind of went from there. Yeah. He was like, I have a condom in the back. Do you want to do this? Do you, you want to do this? Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. Why not? Beautiful. Also what, just like an easy way to get clear consent. I, you know, cause people are like, Oh, I don't know what makes it not sexy. And I'm like, opposite makes everyone feel safe and clear and then you're not worried yeah Yeah. oh great so what other are there any other notable tender explorations or just feelings in general that you want to speak about during that time those couple of years tinder there was another really fun tinder story i met up with this guy and he was in the city so i went over to the over to new york and we walked around the city and we just talked in the park for hours Hmm. and he went in for the kiss and we just kind of made out on a park bench and like felt each other up and stuff and we're I did the thing with my tongue where I'm like sucking his dick and he's like no (laughs) I have never experienced that he's like can can you give me a blowjob and I'm like yeah so um we just that time was spent just looking for somewhere where we could do that like safely and not really get caught and just like while we're doing it he would like grab me and like throw me up against the wall and kiss me and just or like just like throw me back while we're walking and kiss me and it was just so much fun and yeah that was another fun one yeah not my I was on OkCupid for uh only one date and I masked with this guy and we were very like open like yeah, we're not looking for anything. He was also a divorce too. So we just wanted somebody to play around with. So we talked about what we liked and what we didn't like. And we're like, okay, well, if it goes well, like we'll we'll have our date part. And if it goes well, we'll like just go for it. And he was also into like public stuff. So like we set it up where I met him at a bar and I wore a skirt with stockings and no underwear and um he was gonna like take me into the bathroom and fuck me in the bathroom and like rip my stockings open that it didn't happen as like we planned but I remember we were having a drink and like he excused himself like checked out the bathroom and he's like yeah not that bathroom (laughs) good (laughs) though um, thank god because what if he was a dude that was just like well it's very shitty but I want to fuck there you know like yeah yeah 
so we're like, okay. So we just start like making out at the bar and then he just fingered me right at the bar. And <laughs> How did that make you feel? Amazing. And it was, <laughs> it was like, like I, I reacted to it at first and he's like, no, no, can't react to it. Okay, we'll wait, get caught. Can you paint the picture specifically? Like what kind of skirt were you wearing? How was his hand? Could other people see where at the bar were you? How open was it? Like paint us the picture. Honestly, it was probably pretty noticeable. Okay. I was, <laughs> I was just wearing like a, a little pencil skirt uh-huh. and it, it was a pretty empty bar. Like it was a, <laughs> very shitty dive bar in the city and there were only a couple other people in there but they were kind of facing me Mm -hmm. as he was fingering me (laughs) his back was to them Mm -hmm. there was nobody maybe there was somebody else at the bar like on the other side but not by us okay and was he fingering you from from below the skirt or like up through the top up through the top okay that makes okay that makes more sense yeah so i was like lifted up on like my hands while he was so, like, he can get his hand in there uh-huh. and, like, hear me. And, um, yeah, it was a lot of fun. He was very into, like, telling me, like, no, no, you can't react to it because then people will know what we're doing. That's super hot. But he he was a lot of fun. We went back to, to his apartment and, yeah, we just had a lot of fun sex. Oh, just great. choking and, like, everything I love. Uh, I'm remembering now that in your intro you wrote to me that you enjoy handcuffs. Mm-hmm. Can you talk a little okay, bit about so that, that? That was also introduced by the first guy who showed me like everything. He was into handcuffs. He would just kind of cuff my hands over my head and have like, fun and together or to a bedpost. Yeah. Okay. Together. Cool. So that was he kind he kind of showed me, and then I would always like with any other partner, I'd be like, "Well, I have handcuffs, and I can bring them." And some of them were into it, and some of them weren't. Oh, that's a great barometer. That's genius. That's like such a great way to check in. When I was seeing the guy in the city, because we hung out a couple times after that one hookup. And I remember telling him, I'm like, do you want me to bring handcuffs? I have them. He's like, yeah, fuck yeah. So I just carried handcuffs in my purse. (laughs) I I was at my, my sister was having a baby shower. And um, my niece, who was like, three, four years old, went into my open bag and like pulled out the handcuffs. And <laughs> I like grabbed them from her before like anyone could see my, her mom saw, but she's like very, she gets it. She, so yeah, she yeah. kind of just giggled at me. And... Oh my gosh. That is hilarious. So they're like legit handcuffs, not like the cushy pink kind. Yeah. I, they had like the, uh, the fuzzy stuff around them, but it was like a sleeve that was sewn over. So I just took okay. them off. <laughs> amazing oh wow and as you started exploring with partners on tinder maybe even before what were conversations around health and safety and protection like like how do you have those with people at that time i I hate to admit it now but i was just so lazy about Mm -hmm. it conversations weren't really had when i started dating my Mm ex-husband I remember my friends being on me, like, you can make him wear a condom, make him wear a condom. And somebody gave me a condom. And I just asked him, and he tried, and he took it off during sex and was like, no, fuck that. It hurts. I can't do it. It's too tight on me. Oh. And, like, we we never used a condom again. We were fluid bonded. 
And then when I started dating again, I was like, is that going to happen again? Because that was a really just yeah. weird. It was just weird. So the first guy, but he, he had a condom and um, he, he was the one who brought up, I have the condom in the back. Like, do you want to do this? So yeah, he was the only person who, only other person who I've used the condom with. And I, I did try to get better with that. Like there was after, like I, I hooked up with this one guy and um, not even a day later, it was within a couple hours. I had the worst yeast infection, the worst. It, it was, it was only like within a matter of like, maybe like eight hours. Mm -hmm. It was insane. Like yeah. I felt like I was going to tear open yeah. and I was kind of scared after that. I, I was like, there was only one other partner that I had sex with after him. And I did like I did ask him about condoms, and that never happened. Okay, so it also sounds like your partners are not initiating these conversations. Oh yeah, no, that that's on Tinder. None of these people are like open about having no. at least the ones who I've come in contact with. I don't like to say that like across the board. No, but, no, um, it's just speaking to the experiences yeah. you've had so far. Yeah. But what's, what's really funny about like dating apps is that you can get like, uh, I, I know that you've talked about being on dating apps. I don't know if you've ever like known somebody who, who's like swiped on the same person and matched on the same person. So I actually, yes. And oh, I was okay. talking to both of them at the same time, but they were polyamorous. So it was like, a, so it went from me like trying to date these people separately to like, oh, I guess I'm getting to know a couple and then and then I didn't have bandwidth and they were super nice but uh I might still talk to them but but that's that's my only experience with it I haven't had like a, a mutual friend where we're both on the app and swipe on the same person but what was it you it sounds like you did oh yes so my cousin who is also divorced and was starting to date was also on the, the website and our profiles weren't like much different like it was just pictures of us and I remember my bio being like, let's smoke a blunt on the sunset. And her <laughs> being like, I like metal and shower beers. Like they weren't like anything <laughs> like explicit, really. Yeah. And we, we matched with the same guy and, um, and we didn't know it yeah. until we started talking about him and showed each other's profile. But she got like, yeah, I like to have choke sex and I, w I want to do this to you and do that to you. And then I got, oh, I want to take you out to dinner. And just, it, oh, was, it was just like wild how opposite it was. Whoa. It was, like, oh, that, that just makes me want to do a study somehow. Oh, my gosh. Right? Wait, so did you guys both go out with him? No. 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 Okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah. But it, it's just so funny how you can get like just a different side of one person. Just, yeah depending on how they feel. I yeah, don't know. Yeah. Or whatever you bring out of them or mutually like that. Yeah. That chemistry. Oh, that is wild. Okay. So what about the idea of threesomes and or group sex? Is that something that you would want to explore at some point? Okay. So I've been thinking about this. I think maybe I would be open to a threesome. What kind? But like, uh, probably probably either way like two girls and a guy or two guys and a girl but um definitely 
with people who I trust, yeah. but I'm like not that invested in, like emotionally invested in. I would, I don't think I would ever have a threesome with a partner. Why? Okay. <laughs> Do you ever see Chasing Amy? She gives like a speech about how, like when you, when you're with somebody, cause I'm not a sharer. I don't like to share my partners. So that's another, that's another thing. But I think like she made a point that was like, like if you're open and like willing to have a threesome with your partner, could you don't know how you're going to react like emotionally if, if they react like to something that somebody else does more or yeah. like, I don't know. I might get a little jealous, I think. Oh, yeah. It's a terrifying yeah. unknown that you you have to be willing to just kind of go with it. And yeah, yeah. Okay. So what circumstances would make it yummy? So maybe people that you like, like, would you want to plan it in advance with these people? Or would you be open to circumstances where you're like, oh, we're kind of at a party? Oh, I kind of like you. But like, I know you enough. But like, maybe it's going that direction. Like what in your fantasy brain? What's like a vibe that would make you be up for something like that? Um, probably a, a party would probably be fine. Yeah. Like I have to be in the moment. I think I think the idea of planning it would be nice, mm -hmm. but I also think that knowing that it's planned, I'd probably get two in my head and make mm. myself nervous ahead of time. Yeah. What if it was like the same day plan? Like it's just kind of coming together and you're like, oh, this is on the table. Oh, this is happening. Like, is that the ideal sort of plan feeling? No. Okay. <laughs> okay, great. I just always like to think about this stuff. Okay, so. I think some, some weed and some alcohol would probably help a little bit yeah. <laughs> to loosen yeah. up. Who knows? Maybe if it were planned and we just had some drinks and yeah, like just relax, I'd be okay with it. Yeah. But yeah, just that openness. I think like at like at this point now, I think I'm good like on the threesomes. Mm -hmm. But who knows? Maybe in the future. Yeah, I get that. Maybe someday. Yeah, I had the I had the option with the the one guy who I met up a couple times in the city with. He was like, hey can I bring someone else? And at that time I was like, uh, not really. Yeah. I also, for me, I'm always just like, well, I'm not a puzzle piece. Like I'm yeah. very sexually open. I'm attracted to lots of people, but especially now that people have listened to some of my podcasts and they think that they know all of my being, they're like, well, what if I just bring a chick? And I'm like, I'm not plug and play. Like, yeah. What about what about if you treat me like a person, <laughs> you know, and and there are circumstances in which that might be OK if I have a deep sense of trust with the person, if there's some fantasy built into it. But like to just spring it on me with that expectation, that's where I'm sort of like, well, this isn't hot for me the way that you brought it up, you know, like so that resonates with me a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Where it's like maybe it could be perfect if I really trusted my partner and if I really trusted my partner's choosing and if the, I don't know. What hopes do you have for your sexual self going forward? Okay. So this podcast has helped me like a lot just with interacting with other people. Yeah. And I think I, I hope to go into future relationships or even dating, just being more open about talking yeah. about what I like and to have these conversations so I won't feel like I did when I was married because I didn't have those conversations and I just felt very abandoned and neglected and I don't want to feel that way again. So a partner who 
is open to having these conversations with me and is open to trying the things that I'm into or hopefully just being into them and just being like, fuck yeah, I'm on board. Yeah. Yeah. So just finding partners who I'm compatible with. Yeah. Fuck yeah. What's your favorite thing about yourself, sexually speaking? Ooh, I think I like how open I am and how open I'm becoming. I'm learning to just accept it and like feel comfortable in it. And I've always had this one friend who I've admired like so much because ever since we were in high school, she's just been so open and it doesn't matter who she's in front of. Like she's been over my house in front of my parents and she'll talk about her sex life with her boyfriends and like all this stuff. And they're just like, okay, all right. Can't wait for you to leave. But (laughs) it's just so admirable for somebody to be that open and just not care. But um, I, I know my audience. I'm I'm not going to talk like that, like in front of my parents or whatever, but like, I'm definitely, yeah, I'm definitely more comfortable speaking about it. Hmm. Okay. If you could go back in time and give younger you a piece of sexual advice, what age would you pick and what would you say? I would probably pick 16 and I would tell myself that there's no reason why you shouldn't feel comfortable in your own body and you should learn how to love yourself because you are a beautiful, lovable human being and other people see that in you. So there's no reason to be afraid. Fuck yeah. Do you want to ask me any sex questions? What is the best part about doing this podcast? Like what is the Like, what does it do for you? Like, what feels good about it? The best part is getting to talk to you. It's the people that I have on as guests. I do feel a deep connection with. And I get a fuck ton of creepy, weird messages from strangers who make a lot of assumptions about me, whether or not they listen to the podcast. Maybe they're just looking at my nudes. And I have spent such an immense amount of time in my life, sexually speaking, feeling alone and confused and Mm -hmm. I have a lot of good friends who are sex positive but they don't have the same pleasure or joy in diving into the details that the people who come on and agree to share do and so talking to you talking to people from all over the world makes me feel faith in humanity that is actually otherwise really hard for me to hold on to right now and then hearing from other people who are on the same wavelength I do feel like even though we are very spread out that we are creating a tribe and I know it's so fucking corny but I actually do think that this interaction could change the world if more people are willing to be open if more people are willing to support each other and listen and be curious instead of judging or shaming each other and talking about small penises as if they're a bad thing I mean look you gave us a perfect example of why like a giant cock is not necessarily the best thing. You can't ride a giant cock as hard as you want to sometimes. So um, it's totally tanked my sex life. This podcast has kind of ruined my sex life, <laughs> which is a bummer. It's just created so many weird things that, you know, that I'm trying to feel into. And part of that's probably also, you know, the global pandemic. But hearing from people about how it's positively affecting them makes me feel like, yeah, this is a great way, even though there's so many, even though it's so much work, this is how I am happy to spend my life. So 
Lauren, thank you for being a guest. Of course. I love being on. Thank you. <laughs>